think less of retiring and think more of creating a life that you would never want to retire from. Welcome to the Never Employed Chat. My name is Sam and I interview people who make a living beyond salary jobs. Entrepreneurs, business owners and investors, so that we can learn from their stories together. There are many great ways to make a living and even more ways to wealth. At Never Employed, we encourage you to think of alternatives to employment jobs. What would you do if a salary job was simply no option? <laughs> the first thing I learned about you is that you uh, already failed four businesses in a period of 10 years. When did I reveal that? <laughs> I think that you revealed that when you replied to a tweet of mine. Yes, that is true. That is true. That is true. Um, I'm involved in, in a thing called a CEO forum where about half, I've been in this for many years. So about a half a dozen business owners meet about uh, once every six weeks or so. And it's kind of this confidential group. And uh, we just meet and chat. And, and, and one of the, One of my colleagues in this made a comment a year or so ago, it stuck in my mind. And he said, the motto in our business is to uh, fail fast and fail cheap. It was kind of refreshing to hear that because what you realize is that if your nature is entrepreneurial, you will always be trying new stuff. And if you're always trying new stuff, you're going to fail frequently. And, uh, but um, as long as you, as long as you find, as long as you find something that works, um, and some of the things, so, some of the things you do work, and some things you don't don't work. Um, but I think uh, as, as long as long as you persist, and and as long as you learn from those mistakes as well, you come away with something. Then, um, then 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 that's then that then that's cool with me. It was actually only in the past couple of weeks someone fed back a comment someone else had made about me, and it's something to do about a comment about the amount of money I had lost over the years in failed investments, which I found very, very entertaining because the only people that ever made comments about you are people who are not where you're at. No disrespect, but they haven't made the progress. And all they can say is, well, look at all the money he lost over the years. <laughs> so it didn't say anything about the wins, but rather about the losses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it didn't, <laughs> well, I think the, the assumption is, is you can win continually without losing. And maybe smarter people than me can, but I, I just don't know any. I, I, I mean, I have. I didn't go to college. I, I left school at nineteen and never, ne never had a degree. But sometimes I say to people, uh, I have probably the most expensive education that of most people I've met. Uh, you, you would cry if I told you some of the checks I've written to get myself out of messes. So, <laughs> but. That's what you, you, you keep going, you you keep learning. I, it's it's funny. Sometimes if I list down, like I mean, I, I remember now answering that tweet and going, How many business how many businesses have I failed in? I think it was four. And um but I, I never think I I just don't see myself as a failure. I see myself as a success. So I, I, I do naturally accept the fact that I will try stuff and it won't work and um celebrate. That's the way it goes. You said that failing is part of the entrepreneurial spirit. Does this also mean that if you're not ready to fail, you can't be an entrepreneur? I think if you're not ready to fail, you can make zero progress in life. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I just think there's, um, I just think anything, anytime you try anything, 
you are going to you're going to come up against challenges. It's it's a lot to do, it's a lot to do with your perspective. It's a lot to do with your perspective. There's no doubt about it. But I I just don't think you will succeed in in anything. I mean, if you are not if you are not willing to fail, you would not have started this podcast because lots of people start podcasts and lots of people fail with podcasts. I had a really interesting statistic recently, and I don't have a podcast, but a really interesting statistic recently was that of, of most podcasts that start, less than like 90% don't reach episode 10. They give up before episode 10. So if you've done more than 10, you're in the top 90%. If you get to over 20, you're, you're something like now in the top one or two percent of pod of podcasts simply so i can't remember where i heard this so 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 the the, the lesson was if i want to be in one of the top five percent of podcasts in the world the first thing i have to do is survive 20 episodes once i do that i'm now winning the elite now i'm now i've got a battle in the elite for my place in that but just sticking it out because most people won't won't stick it out they just they they, they get to a, a um a hard place in the road and they just won't and they just won't stick it out a, a great mentor of mine d- described that many years ago do you remember the hard rock cafe i don't know it, uh yeah uh, m- mostly mostly the t-shirts and the, the merchandise yeah I, 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 I one of my sons has a beautiful leather hard rock cafe uh leather jacket which is uh, i'm sure now it's 30 40 years old but my my wife at one stage had had some association with the hard rock when they were in dublin and they and they they presented her with this jacket but the hard rock cafe many many years ago the site was was really popular and when you'd go to any city new york paris dublin wherever london there would be a massive queue outside and and, and so the analogy was that we would turn up to the we'd see the hard rock cafe and we'd go I really want to eat in there. It must be great. Look at everyone. You join the queue. You're standing on the London night. And it's cold. And after 30 minutes, you just get pissed off. You get off the queue and you go eat somewhere else. Forget that. They can keep the food. Um, but then, of course, you know, five, six weeks later, you're walking the same street. You see the queue again. You go, I still haven't I still haven't eaten at a hard rock cafe. You join again, but you, you don't stick it out. <clears throat> and, and his analogy was that, the reason for most people don't succeed is they literally don't just stick stick it out. You are never going to get to the table in the Hard Rock Cafe unless you're going to be willing to stand in the queue in the cold for an hour. That's that's what it takes, and and most people just don't seem to stick just stick it out. They don't they don't decide what they're doing and just continue to do it. And there may and so we were talking about failure. So are, are the are the challenges you will find along that road failures or are they just bumps in the road? You know, it's 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 really it's really down down to your perspective. One of the biggest lessons I've learned from failing was really narrowing in to what it is you do and what it is you're good at and focusing in on that instead of being attracted by all the shiny toys and all the great things you might do, really narrowing it down and going, oh, this is what this is what I do. And just go, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at, what I'm good at. I really don't care about anything else. This is what I do. And then persisting with that. When someone has that level of narrow focus, it's very difficult to take them offline. And if they persist with that, their likelihood of success, I think, is extremely high. 
So then did your uh, previous failures help you to find this focus eventually? And how, how did they help you? How they helped me was just in this notion of realizing that what I was doing was already very good. And it, 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 so instead of trying to be in multiple things and doing multiple things, it's for me, it was about going, <clears throat> actually, hold a sec. This, <clears throat> this is what I'm doing. And this, and, and this is what I, what, what I want. One of the things I love uh, about commenting on Twitter is I see, lo I see lots of comments from people who I know are, 20 or 30 years you are more younger than me and i and, and and i you know i just like to make comments hopefully nice nice comments but i i see a lot of um comments because a lot of people on there trying to become wealthy and all, all this all this sort of stuff which is great i'm all in favor of being wealthy don't get me wrong but one of the comments i made recently was you need to work out how much enough is because when we talk about being wealthy that's what is it do you want a ferrari do you want a yacht that costs you half a billion i, I want none of those things um if i was pursuing those if i was pursuing those things am i competing with jeff bezos who am i competing with and i think a great starting point or starting point for me was going what is it i want not what society tells me i should want not what all the external voices what is it i really want what is it i really need because that's what i'm after i'm not after anyone else's version of success i'm after paul ryan's version of success and if we can find paul ryan's version of success then that's what i'm narrowing in on so that so now <clears throat> if i'm driving down the road and i say i look around and i say oh i could have that i could have that i could have that i very quickly go do you really do you really want that? And I go, no, not really. What I really want is this. Okay, get back to working on this. So that I feel like I'm looping back to something I said I said earlier, but even in business terms, it was a question of going, should you always be continually trying to grow a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in business? And then does your life just become about doing that? Or is your life about many things? And business is one is one of those things. I saw a recently a very interesting TED talk recently on a study that's been done on happiness. There's this very long study over a period of 80 years now or something. I think in Harvard they've done it. It's the longest study on happiness. But at the end of the day, the spoiler is that happiness is human connection. Deep, warm human connection, I think is how they describe that. And people on their deathbed, it wasn't, they weren't talking about the business I built. The money I made, the car they were they were talking about the connections they had. They were talking about when they got an opportunity to help someone, to mentor someone. They're, so that really is where the value is. So for me, there's a simplicity in figuring out what it is you really want, because the whole world is out there telling you what you should want, and it becomes very confusing because then you begin to think that is what I want, and then when you take some time for reflection and go, what is it I re really want? Do I really want to be in multiple businesses or do I just want to be in this business and for it to be really successful? Is that and do I want to run it in the way that suits my personality? All of the all of those things. We've two businesses. 
I haven't personally spoken to a customer in years. We do some key partners. Very, very rarely speak to those. My mobile phone is somewhere. It never rings. Nobody ever gets in touch with me. Nobody ever contacts me. I very rarely get emails. Maybe I'll get an email from a manager occasionally. That's the quiet life I want to live. And that requires you run your business and you structure business in a different way. And if I'm pursuing lots of other things, I don't get to get that that peace and quiet. So it's about me going, ah, that's the life I want to live. Therefore, I need to do this. Uh, and I think what happens with a lot of us, when I say what happens with a lot of us only because it happened for me, maybe for the first 20 years of my career, is I was focused on what everyone else thought the business should look like, how everyone else thought I should run the business, whatever else definition of success was. And for me, what that led to was two things. It led to success and absolute misery. I'm successful. Everyone's looking at me going, like, I successfully drives a nice car, lives in a nice house, all these sort of things. But if they got inside, they go, I was absolutely miserable until I figured out, oh, whoa, 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 I'm chasing everyone else's dream. How about I figure out what mine is and do that? So I've moved my life to a lot of simplicity. Maybe that's not what someone in their 20s wants to hear, but I've moved my life to a lot of simplicity. And the simplicity comes from figuring out who am I? What do I want? What does the world want? I really couldn't care less. It's not important to me. What do I want? Am I pursuing that? Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if from from my point of view, you made a very good point when you said that. Um, yeah, you kind of build the life, the quiet life that you wanted. That's actually something or a, a dream that I see among many young people who are thinking of entrepreneurship as a tool to live a life where they don't need to work anymore which sounds like what you just described but i think what many people miss in their 20s or whenever they start any kind of business is that they can't start this quiet life and then become successful entrepreneurs but that there must be a time in between where they focus on building their business and which is probably not such a quiet time i know a number of very successful business owners, uh, friends and that sort of stuff, and, and, and people on my forum. I, so I, I get to meet and have relatively intimate conversations with, with, with a number of business owners, some very successful people. I know not one of them who has gotten there without a story of long years of hard work. So far be it for me to suggest that the only road to success is hard work. I don't know. I can only talk about my experience. I just haven't met anyone who is enormously successful in anything who hasn't worked long, uh, long and hard. And, um, you know, I have no interest in football, but one of my sons is a massive soccer fan. And I used this example recently of Ronaldo, who is no doubt one of the greatest football players in the world. But I saw a documentary at once. And what was said was that, When you turned up to the pitch in the morning, Ronaldo was there lobbing balls in. And when you left in the evening, Ronaldo was still was still there. So when people look at Ronaldo and they go, he's a natural talent, I would say, no, no, he, he isn't a natural talent. He has natural talent. I could have lobbed balls all day and I'm still not getting them in the net. But he has a natural talent. But then he has a work ethic that outstrips everyone else's 
everyone else's natural talent. It's a point very well made. So I just, most people I know who have a degree of success and a degree of wealth have worked very hard. And, and I saw, again, some very interesting comments on, on, on Twitter. I saw a comment only yesterday evening uh, talking about Warren Buffett. And 90% of Warren Buffett's wealth he has accumulated from 65 years of age onwards. Now, I I, I read this Twitter and I responded to it, but I had read this about Warren Buffett about two years ago. And it was really, really interesting to me because at the time... I'm 57, so at the time I was 55, and I was mapping out at the time at which I would effectively sell out of the business, and you know, do, I, I was I was mapping that at what time will I exit, and I was thinking, well, maybe around the 65, maybe 62 to 65, I'd make that grand exit, and uh, and then I look at this and I go, hold a sec, I'm looking at stopping. I'm not going to say before Warren Buffett started because he was a wealthy man, but relatively speaking, I'm going, if I live to be Warren Buffett's age, why would I, why would I give that time away? So it, it enabled me to, to, to refocus and go, hold a sec, why would I pull pull away from that? So I think you're right in saying if people think they're going to fall out of bed and stumble across success in anything, all I can say is that just hasn't been my experience. But I think that, but the other side of it, I would say, is I got to experience life maybe at your age. Uh, so, so, so I'm guessing you're in your 20s and I'm guessing, you, I'm guessing you're ambitious and you have big plans for yourself. If you weren't, you wouldn't be doing this podcast. So I got to experience life as a guy in my 20s uh, very ambitious, trying to build a life, trying to trying to do lots of lots of things. This was forty years ago. The world is a very very different, very very different place in Ireland. And you talked about you you're in your twenties in Ireland back in those days, and you talk about being successful, being wealthy, and people look at you like you are crazy. This is Catholic Ireland. <clears throat> Poverty is is a badge you you wear to prove you know basically i can live a miserable fucking life die and i'll go straight to heaven that's what i'm going to do so so if you're going no 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 i don't plan to do that i plan to create the life i want to live i plan plan to do lots of exciting no it's it, it, it it's a crazy world so um so so you get lots of people telling you you can't do that you shouldn't do that and so the, le- the lesson from some very early days when I was really excited about all the wonderful things I was going to do. And in that excitement, all you get is continuous negativity. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. People are, are, are telling you their truth and they're trying to make it yours. So the lesson for me was I, I had two battles and I wasn't going to fight both of them. The first battle was me. first battle was convincing me <laughs> that I can create the life I want. Shit, that's difficult enough. I don't also need the work of convincing everyone else. So so all I did was very, very simply, I said, I'll, I'll just work on convincing me and I'll shut up in the company of other people. So then I would be in the company of other, other people and I wouldn't start spouting all the stuff I want, want to do. I lived my life. I let other people live, live their lives. Then the years and the decades roll on. And now to some degree, hopefully I have a lot of life left me, but to some degree, you get to look back and you get to do two things. You get to look at the life I've lived for the past 20 years. And I get to look at the very privileged life I live today. And I look at people around me 
who aren't living that way. And you go, well, what's different? Uh, am I a much smarter guy than all those? No, absolutely, absolutely not. Well, what's different? Well, what's different was when I was in my 20s, I told myself a story about how I could create the life I wanted to live. Uh, I mean, but the, the important part of that is figuring out what that is for yourself. But I told, began telling myself a story about the life I want to live and then continually went along that path through failures, through rejections, through disappointments, continually walked down that path. And other people told themselves a different story. They told themselves a story of lack, about the world wasn't fair, they couldn't have this, they couldn't have, they couldn't have that. And what I'm witnessing, I, I, I think I'm probably only becoming aware of it now because maybe I've time to stop back and look and I'm realizing, ooh, what's really interesting here is I created the life I thought I would create. Guess what? They also created the lives they thought they would create. So I get to be in my mid-50s. I get to live a very good life. My diary is completely my own. I can do, do do what I want to do. I get to travel. Go all, all the things I, I, I want to do. Um, <clears throat> and yet I see lots of people of my age who are living, I'm not going to say the misery that they thought they would live, but they're living trapped in what they thought they would live, which means they've already worked for 40 years, but they still don't have, they still are expected to go into 50, 50 hours a week and they don't have freedom freedom of their lives uh, and they don't have enough money to do all the things that they want to do. And I'm kind of going, ah, oh, we're both equally successful because we both achieved what we thought we would would achieved. I just imagined something different. So my passion has kind of become talking to people who are maybe 30, 40 years behind me and going, you're likely to end up with the life that you're imagining in your head, the stories that you're telling in your head about what the world is. You're likely to end up with that life in 10, 20 years. Just be very, very careful. I'm not saying I'm better than those people. I'm not saying anything about that. The, the simple experience is, and I, I give you an example of, I'm, I'm a keen uh, cyclist. And one day during the summer, a beautiful summer's day, and I was cycling along with a, with a buddy of mine. I live in the Irish countryside. It's beautiful. Cycling along with, with, with a friend of mine who's in a very similar situation to me. And we talked about our, our age and how many years we might have left. God, will we, will we live for another 30 years? What would be? And I said to him, <clears throat> I said, you know what? I've realized, I said, all everyone at our age is maybe thinking about, will I live for another 30 years? I said, <clears throat> but everyone else has to squeeze that 30 years into two days a week. Because from Monday to Friday, they're slamming it out 60, 70 hours a week. Then they get into a weekend, they might, they've got to do all the things they have to do. So they have a small amount of life to live. That small portion of life, they get to multiply by 30, 30 years. That's this. I said, you and I largely have our time to choose what we do. We've got this amount of time. We're multiplying this amount of life by 30 years. So the life we get to live is actually maybe 10 times the life someone who gets to live who doesn't have that freedom. And um, my passion for this kicked off. I have three adult sons. So my passion for this kicked off when they were young because I was witnessing how my life was evolving. I was witnessing how other people's, and I'm going, 
oh, I need, I need to make sure my sons know this. I need to make sure that they figure this shit out so that they do so the so that when they get to my age they are along that journey they begin to li live live the freedom they have um and that's it i i don't think it requires particular skill i don't think it requires particular intelligence it requires awareness that you can i won't say create your own life because i i don't when i hear people talking about the secret and all these things i'm imagining i mean i mean we don't control life. I don't control. I don't. Nobody controls life. That's my experience. But you have massive influence. There's some shit you cannot control. But you've massive influence. So knowing you have massive influence, make an attempt to exert control where you have that influence. And if you do that consistently over the over the years, you, your life just goes in a, di in a different direction. That's my experience, anyway. Yeah, I feel like this, um, what you just discussed is quite a timeless truth, because that's also something I hear from the young entrepreneurs around my age, who all say basically the same, that you create your, your own future in the way you think you will achieve whatever you, you think you will achieve or not achieve. Would you say that it is crucial if you want to achieve a certain kind of success that you like get rid of certain people in your life who are thinking different was this important for you did you do that or what do you think about it yeah i mean i i do hear that about getting rid of people in your life i think i might phrase it differently i think you've got to be careful of the influence of certain people in your life you've got to be mindful of that so when i was in my very early 20s and i first came across this and i'd I've been an obsessive learner all my life. So I was reading, I was attending courses, I was hearing all, all this stuff. And I, I was very excited about it, very enthusiastic. And then we would meet up with friends and I could bum, bum, bum. And now I was getting all this crazy gibberish, you know, that you, what are you talking about? I was getting, and that's when I realized, oh, I t I've just given myself two battles I, I have the challenge of moving my life forward and dealing with my own negativity and my own self-doubt which which we all have so i have the challenge of dealing with it and now i've just multiplied that by 10 because now everyone sees me i'm taking on the burden of their of their negative beliefs beliefs as well and not only that i put myself under pressure so you set yourself a goal to do excellent a podcast in a period of time so let's say you set a goal to do, I'm going to pick 20 podcasts in a period of time. When you get to the goal, you've only done 18. And so, you know, I didn't get to 20, but you know what? I bloody well did 18 and blah, blah, blah. And you, you can go, that's a great achievement. Now I know what I need to do. But you get a friend that goes, did you do 20 podcasts? Sam? no, you didn't. I told you you wouldn't. You're, so, so, so I think you, you, do have, you do have to be careful. Um, I wouldn't say that I consciously removed people from my life, um, but I certainly sought the company of people who would support me in that. And I made a point of, I'm talking predominantly if I was socializing or something, um, I would not necessarily reveal that. Only um, last, last week, I was at an event one evening and I met people who I don't know. So I'm standing in a, in a casual conversation of people I don't really know, know the well. I'm kind of, my wife's doing most of the talking and I'm just standing with listening. And I find in that environment, I'm standing by listening to these half a dozen people talking and it's 
at moments of that, I get a stark reminder and I go, oh my God, these people are wired different to you. I'm just listening to general talk about life and going, these, because you live in your own head and you forget that you're wired differently or you have wired yourself. And I'm sitting with these people and how they're talking with different things. And I'm going, oh my God, these, these people are just, their brains are just completely wired differently to how I'm, uh, I think. I don't think any less of them in, 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 in any way, but I just noticed they're wired differently. I wouldn't want to think that way. I don't feel any need to go, this is how you should think, because who might suggest how anyone think? So thankfully in recent times, what I've found is a group of people who I can engage with, who will who will want to engage in this sort of conversation and I get a buzz and I enjoy it or that. And then when I go into different different environments, but I can remember, um, this is going back many years, um, I have spent a ferocious amount of money on, on, on courses. At one stage, I did every course Tony Robbins had. I mean, I did his UPW course like three times and I traveled to the States. I did this whole amount of course. So at the time I was every year, I was doing a couple of these courses and I was flying to the States, spending a fortune doing this. And a lot of people used to, a lot of people used to kind of really slag me, uh, you know, you know, really be, you know, going, my God, you're wasting all this money. It's, you know, I remember one of my friends going, you know, Tony Robbins, was a janitor. You're paying this guy, you're paying a janitor for advice. Um, um, and of course I'm thinking, maybe he was a janitor, but he's now worth 500 billion or 500 million. And he's now, he's one of the most, or the most successful guy in what he does in, in, in the world. I don't care if he was a janitor, but I want to know a bit about how he did that. So I was spending a lot of money and I have spent a, a small fortune doing these, doing these things. And I, certainly in the early years, I would have been mocked by people for wasting my wasting my money. Um, I don't get mocked anymore is all it would say. So now I, I don't I don't get mocked anymore because people quietly acknowledge the progress you've made and maybe they haven't made haven't made the same progress. So I think you're just going to be mindful of the uh, uh, mindful of of where the company is, and and it's it, it's encouraging. Yeah, when you see a lot of these young entrepreneurs talking about how you need to think all this sort of stuff, that's probably exactly how I thought all, all those years ago. So I suppose what I'm to some degree trying to bring to the table is when you're in your twenties and you're talking about it, talking about what you hope to be true what you hope will be how life works out and i suppose what i'm saying is okay i was that enthusiastic upbeat 20 year old i strove to to step outside the the norm and now as i look where i am in my life now it paid off big time and that doesn't mean the word times were extremely difficult and um and I, I remember after the first Tony Robbins course, I did a fire walk. And I mean, I could talk forever about it. It was life changing. But I came back and I decided I needed to make enormous changes in my life, which I did. And I made enormous changes in the business. Fast forward two or three years later, because that's what it took for those changes to manifest into how I was living my life. A couple of very hard years, if I'm honest, changing things. Often I'd be at a, you know, friends with dinner or something. And someone would ask me about it. And I would start telling the story of how I did this firewalk and I came out and I was changed. And I said, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do 
blah, 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 and how it all worked out great. I would tell the story. And my wife would always, at the end of it, go, okay, you're forgetting one, one, one piece. What's the piece I'm forgetting? You're forgetting the two or three years of shit you dealt with to get from here to here. And because my nature, I'm upbeat, I'm optimistic. All I remember is I did this firework. I came out. I blah, 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 blah. I was great. And look what I did. And 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 then after she said as a couple of reels, I, I need to honor that part as well. Like, like that's a it's a really important part of the story because I, I know people who've had similar experiences, particularly if you've done Tony Robbins, because it's all into hype. I know many, many people have similar experience. They came, I'm gonna do this and do this. You meet them a year later, they've done nothing. So it's really important to go, yeah, I knew I needed to, I, I planned to do all these things. And some of them were incredibly, enormously difficult professionally. Personally, I had some huge changes to make that were extraordinarily stressful, extraordinarily difficult. Uh, but because I walked down that road and did those things, I got the results. So I think it's it's almost the impo most important part of the story for my wife to go, but tell people about that as well. Like, I'm going you're right so um yeah i think it of course it's it's fun to to talk about the the wins and and the fun parts that's actually. all we remember <laughs> yeah that, that's good I, I think our mind is also wired that way to think of the good parts and the fun parts and that's probably what often makes the past brighter than it actually was it is but we need to take the lesson in sharing the story with someone else the lesson is important because otherwise someone maybe a lot younger than me or even back then so i was in my 40s then or whatever so someone else could then mistakenly think ah i will change i will decide to do this i would and in two three months time they go hasn't worked out for me going no shit it hasn't worked out for you just you, you, you're starting and if they have the frame of reference that says it's a lot it's the warren buffett story if i keep doing it until i'm 90 I mean, people don't want to hear that because they want the magic fix. The only magic fix I know is that your mindset can change in a moment. And that's happened to me where I've gone, my mind, I know, I will you entirely commit to something. So certainly you can move your mindset in a moment, but practically bringing that into the, into the world. Um, it's, it's where the work is and it's very difficult for someone I mean money is a very easy thing to measure but it's very easy for someone who's struggling financially to see the length of the journey out of it and just not have the mindset to be able to do it but in all likelihood if you're now listening to this in, in 20 years, years of age in all likelihood you will get to live to 30 40 50 and all likely you would get to to do those years those years are going to pass anyway and they will probably pass quicker than you think and the question is well how will you have used use those years because because the path you're standing on, on on now it was a wonderful thing i did many years ago to look at the path i'm now and go if i keep walking that path where does that path take me when i'm an old an old man i mean that was a very scary prospect for me because i realized I, I need to change the path and then you go if i move on to this path where will i be as, as I get older and the problem is those paths walk beside each other for a very long time and when they slowly diverge you don't notice the, the the distance I can only say at this point in my life and it's it's maybe just because I've slowed down to look around I now 
look at the man I might have been and go, my God, I, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful I, I get to live. I get to live this this life. But the thing about I know you you referred earlier to, to to the young guys talking about retirement and all this sort of stuff. Um, it's it's been my experience that we we need purpose, and we need to be doing something. And the notion that you will spend your life on the beach drinking tequila when you're in the shit and when you're busy, 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 you think that's what you want to do. A life without purpose is not much fun. So, I have no plans to ever retire. But I, but I create and design my life. So I will design changes in my life that at times involve more work or less work or whatever. But I will create those. I will, I will create the life I want to live. I won't ever retire. Because what does, what does retiring mean? If you have to work for money, I get that. You're doing a job and you don't. I get you might want to change that. But um, I mean, why would I ever, over the, if I live for another 30 or 40 years, why would I ever not want to be generating income doing something, even if it's just investing? Why not? You know, so think less of retiring and think more of creating a life that you would never want to retire from. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. From my point of view, that that's that's super super inspiring. And uh, as far as I know, you also do this now as a coaching. So you coach younger people or in general entrepreneurs to find their purpose as you as you just described right well yes i do I, i i do two things i do a very small amount of it i do some coaching and i also for for some entrepreneurs business owners do do a thing called a thinking partnership which is um where someone runs a business but they don't have a board around them or, or they don't have people to bounce ideas off and i will do a thing where i'll become their thinking partner so i have a place where they can go and and bounce ideas. I don't do a lot of it. I'm very selective. But the reason I don't do a lot of it is because I just don't like putting stuff on my diary, if I'm if, if I'm completely honest. It's interesting. When, when I trained in coaching, um, a lot of my friends, you know, they, what they now do is if you want to coach with them, they, they will sign you up to a three- or six-month program, which I get because that's where the, the value and the income is. You know, I mean... I can't imagine signing someone up for a six six month program because honestly, I will not commit my time to you for six months. That's just the truth of it. I'm not I'm not saying I won't potentially work for you for six months, but if you want me to take my diary, if you want me to take my diary and block slots out and go, no, I, I don't tell you what. I'll meet you next Tuesday. You know, I I can give you two hours. I can give you two hours next 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 Tuesday. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know. I don't know because I might want to do something. I might want to do something else. I might want to travel. I might want to do whatever. So it's not that I. So so I'm very. I, I, I limit that to some degree. I don't like to work with a lot of people because I do not like being too busy. That's that that that's the truth to it. So so they, which is good because it, it it's it means I'm never trying to sell it. I'm never looking. I'm never looking clients. I'm never looking for clients. I'm often happier if I don't have any. So. <laughs> Yeah, I really like that uh, point of viewing uh, things from from people who are at a point who, who are not uh, necessarily retired, as as you'd say, but uh, people who um, yeah don't need the money anymore, who yes. who just do what they do, or who consult people or who coach yeah. people just because they want to give something. I, I really like that. Mm. I, I'm, I'm always I'm always um, a little wary of people 
who can make money. I, by the way, that's not saying I don't charge people a lot of money for my service. Mm-hmm. I do, but only if it's but only if they've come to me and it's something they want and I feel and I feel uh, I I feel I can help them. I feel feel uh, value. Uh, I'm never doing it for the money because I don't need the money they can pay me. I'm doing it because I think I can serve them. And I think I will get some enjoyment out of it as well. And if I won't, I'm just not going to do it. And if I'm, by the way, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to serve them either. Um, but yeah, your perspectives change. And I get it entirely. When you're in a situation where you need the money, um, you have to you you have to sell your services. And I was once there and I'm not there now. And so I'll take advantage of where I am. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's completely okay. So, where can people find you best if if they want to uh, work with you? They can find they can find me on Twitter. It's at Paul Ryan Writes. If anyone wants to follow me there, and so they can find me there. They can hear what I have to say, and they can pay attention or not. They can direct message me on that. They can also go to pauljryan.net, which is a, a website I have. So, yep, that, that's where I am, and that's where I can be found. Then thank you a lot for taking the time. I hope it was I hope it was um, of some value, Sam. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking part in this Never Employed chat. Subscribe to my YouTube channel for more interviews with business owners and investors, or simply listen to the audio version in your favorite podcast directory. Make sure to follow me on all your preferred social media platforms so that you never miss life-changing business tips. You find me on every platform with the account name SamHartman.com. Start a business, become successful, and tell me about it. See you next time.